of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Uh, Great to be here today and uh, great to hopefully encourage and minister to you. And so um, today I'm going to be discussing um, an issue, a topic that I think is specifically related to um, spiritual formation. My doctoral studies were in worship studies um, but sort of a close tie to that was spiritual formation. And so, um, so today I'm going to be discussing, uh, challenges to wholeness. And so what does it mean to be whole? How do you approach that? How, how does someone become whole and, and recognizing that there are challenges in this life that, uh, hinder us from becoming whole? whole is and, and complete and at peace with Christ. And so today I'm going to be talking about that challenges to wholeness. I think that is a crucial aspect to Christianity. Knowing that we are found in Christ, we should be the most uh, we should have a sense of peace and wholeness more than any person in the world. And so why do we struggle with it so much? And uh, I want to talk about that, the challenges to wholeness. And so uh, wholeness is a, is a topic of discussion that it probably arises in some form or fashion in many gospel-centered conversations, and I think it's a topic we really need to think about. And so there are varying thoughts on how someone achieves wholeness. It's, it's disparate, it's many, it's manifold. Many people uh, have their own ideas on how to achieve wholeness, how to achieve peace, if you will. And so a commonality in these thoughts is the necessity in determining challenges to overcome in order to achieve wholeness. And so for the following, what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to suggest and dissect two primary challenges to wholeness. And that is number one, the challenge of satisfaction. And number two, the challenge of letting go. Have you ever gone through a period of your life where you thought, I am unhappy or I am not at peace and I don't know why. I have everything that I need. Um, I have a good job. I have financial stability, a loving family, kids, whatever the case may be. But you thought, I have all this, but I'm, I'm still not complete. I feel unsatisfied, if you will. Both of these challenges I'm going to discuss offer unique thoughts and ideas, and they bring with them a diverse um, a diversity of opinions on how to correct them. And so my suggestions here, while they're anecdotal, I believe that my experiences are not unique, but are common, not only to those around me, but humanity in general. And so these challenges to wholeness could certainly be the key components to Christian contentment and to service to God. So number one, the first challenge is the challenge of satisfaction. Genuine wholeness, I believe, is a derivative of satisfaction in Christ alone. Uh, The Apostle Paul, for example, he claims to have discovered the secret to being content in every situation, whether in abundance or in need. In Philippians 4, he discusses that. And then he continues by professing that all things are possible through Christ. Philippians 4.13 I once, I used to read that scripture, all things are 
possible through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I used to read that and uh, take it to mean, well, I can pick up a mountain if I need to, or I can, uh, you know, hold a car up with one finger. (laughs) I can do anything. But disciplined and clearly led by God to the place he tried to avoid. And as challenging as it may be, no matter how uncomfortable situations may be and no matter how dire they may seem, if God's people would simply let go of present situations and trust God for his guidance and provision, the result would be wholeness. So if in these these two um, items that I'm going over, these two imper- imperatives and challenges to wholeness, uh, number one, the challenge of satisfaction, number two, the challenge of letting go, um, we, we come to this last part of the challenge of letting go. So uh, let go of the, of the past and of the present, but let go also of the future. Jesus instructs his people not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. In other words, today has enough problems. Additionally, God controls the circumstances, so his people have no need to worry. No matter how bad our circumstances get, just remember God is always in control. And so letting go of the future is a personal challenge as I am someone who desires to plan. I am a planner. I am OCD. I like to plan. I put things in my calendar. I have a checklist every day, and I am so OCD about it that if I do something that's not on that checklist, I go back and add it to the checklist afterwards. And so we need to let go, though, of of the future. And it it seems likely that most believers understand or at least acknowledge that God controls the future. But how many of us live as if we control our own lives? And that's false. We don't. And so a key component to letting go of the future is understanding its foundation of the past and the present. They build on each other. The present is um, informed by the past. Again, I would not say dictated, but I would say informed by the past. And the future is informed by the present and really the past, if you want to get down to it. And so... Uh, For someone to let go of the future, he or she needs to understand that what has already occurred cannot be changed or controlled. And the future is obviously given to God for control. And so I dare argue that the future is the most difficult to let go of. When people seem to make feeble attempts to correct the past and the future, it's obvious We're trying to make amends with the past so that we can correct what happens in the future. But when we live our lives in debt to the past, wholeness is not achieved. Nothing can correct the mistakes of the past except the righteousness and grace of Jesus Christ. And so to achieve wholeness is to let go of the past, the present, and the future with the realization that God controls and guides his people in all three. So when wholeness is met, Christians realize that God alone is sovereign and that all humanity has no ability to supersede his control. And so realizing that fact includes more than simply understanding it, because even Satan himself understands that truth. Realizing God's control equates not only to acknowledging it, but to finding joy in it, no matter the circumstance. And so when someone seeks pleasure in God's pleasure... That person finds satisfaction so that serving God is not the issue. In other words, people naturally serve that in what or in whom they are satisfied. And when someone's joy is found in Christ, that person serves Jesus out of an abundance of satisfaction in him. 
And exaltation is the result of exaltation. Exaltation is the result of exaltation. Theology is the result of doxology. The reformers often use the adage, lex serandi, lex credenda. And um, uh, this basically translates to how we worship is how we become. Often it seems that Christians hold to the idea that serving God makes them more satisfied in him, when the reverse is true. The more we're satisfied in God, the more we serve him. And so to find satisfaction in God is to abandon all charms the world offers and to let go of the past, the present, and the future by trusting God and seeking him alone. Then, and only then, will we reach a point of wholeness. I hope and pray this has been encouraging to you, and thank you today for listening to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it. Did it.